IMG College. This is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority, Macy's, Happy Shopping, Guild Mortgage, Own What Matters, and by Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. It's another edition of the Craig Smith Coaches Show. Welcome into the program. We are live here at Old Chicago. we got a great crowd out here, and we're excited to talk a little Utah State basketball. Craig Smith is with us. Alfonso Anderson is with us as well, and we got some Utah State basketball to break down. Coach, uh, it's been a long time since uh, we've done this. Good to, good, good to chat with you again. Hey, Scotty. Hey, welcome back, all the Aggie fans. Let's go, Aggies. <laughs> we got a lot of familiar faces in here. We got a new face right here, but you got uh, uh, he's a fun guy to watch, as you guys have seen already, and he's relatively entertaining, too. So it's uh, it's a win-win for all the Aggie fans. Well, it's great to be back. It, it is great to be back, and uh, what a start to the season! We're going to talk about uh, getting off to a uh, a really great start to the year at seven and one. And you uh, obviously we'll talk a little bit about the St. Mary's game, but some crazy games in Jamaica, some entertaining games against some high-level opponents. And you know, you and I talked a little bit after that uh, last homestand. You're like, I know we've been home for a while, but giddy up, we're we're not going to be back for a bit. And that certainly has been the case. Yeah, it's uh, it's really felt like that on the drive over. Uh, I was just thinking about it and you do the math and we've been um, gone 10 of the last 12 days and now we hit the road again tomorrow um, to San Jose and so that's going to be another you know two more days so we're going to be gone uh, 12 of 14 days I think or something like that yeah. it's been a lot maybe it was 10 out of 14 days we've been gone and so now 12 out of 16 so we've uh, got to be road warriors the schedule we knew scheduling that St. Mary's game where we did was not the most ideal but um, when you're making your schedule, you don't always have the exact um, – you don't always get the pick of the litter, so to speak. Yeah. And so um, it's just – it is what it is. And so – but we're excited to get in the league play. Uh, it ramps up some things that way. And uh, we had a, a, a really, really good practice today. And uh, we need to follow that up again tomorrow and get ready for league play. So a, a lot of people are and – and I'm sure you've been asked this as well. A lot of people are looking at the conference schedule going – what? What are, you, what are you playing conference games? So what happened, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, there was a big card dealership. You're never wrong, Scotty. Oh, no. That, that happens a lot, by the way, just, just, to, correct, just to make sure you all know that. Uh, but there's a, there's a big convention going on in Vegas during the time the Mountain West Conference Tournament was, about, was normally scheduled for. So they slid the conference tournament up a week, which means they slid conference play up uh, before it normally would be. And so you're starting. I mean, the games, these are the games that really, truly matter, and they begin this week. Yeah, it's a different deal. Um, not n- None of the coaches are real excited about it, I but it imagine. is what it is. Um, so we get to schedule 31 regular season games. And so last year, um, you know, we had a week off after we lost Arizona State before we played Northern Iowa over Thanksgiving. Then over finals week, we also had a week off after we beat Weber State and, and then played uh, Alabama A&M. So we had two where you can kind of – really get practice time while maximizing your schedule and do all that. And now by shortening your, shortening your schedule or season a week, like you got to really jam in a ton of non-conference games in a very tight window because we lost the week of our 
non-conference scheduling because of these two games, yeah. you know? And so it's not ideal, but it's the same way for everybody in the Mountain West, and so this is how it goes. So um, that's why it just feels like we've had, like, very little practice time, you know, and today was really, really good. I thought we tightened some things up and, and got better at some things today. So, But that's the, the, the lay of the land, and, and you just got to negotiate through that the best that you can. And so, um, so far, I think we've done that pretty well. So I'm going to be a little selfish with you for a second because, first off, I was a little teed off that I wasn't in Jamaica with you for many, many reasons. Uh, but number one. I would say Tony won that deal. Yeah, Tony got the better of that yeah. deal. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Six days. All he had to do was broadcast two games. Two games. I, mean, I know. I know. It was a pretty good deal. Well aware. Well aware. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the games that he broadcast. No snow. <laughs> yep, that too. Really blue water. Great food, I hear, down there too. Yeah, Fonz yeah. gained. Like, when he timed the ask Fonz a question, somebody asked him how much weight he, he gained down in Jamaica. I'm not going to say any more. But if someone could remember to do that, that'd be great. There's two words, all inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> that can do some damage in a hurry if you're not careful. <laughs> but uh, but uh, one of the greatest games that I think people will be talking about for years is that LSU game. Down 19 in the second half, uh, down 16 uh, with about 14 minutes left, and coming back and winning that game. As a coach, as a guy that's on the sideline, hoping and praying that it all comes together, what's it like from your vantage point? Well, it was really fun for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, the other 25 weren't so – Yeah, wasn't so much fun. But, you know um, – they can do that, too. I thought they played their best game of the year. Uh, they did some things that they hadn't been doing, but you knew they were capable of doing. Yeah. And they got off to a great start. Um, uh, smart, number one, hits two threes. I think he scored eight points in the first five minutes, and then we shut him down. Yeah. And um, But they have, I mean... Uh, he's a very good player. Uh, is it Mays, number four, uh, was in the Chris Paul camp. He's a very good player and a legitimate NBA prospect. And then they just they can play a lot of different ways. They're super versatile, uh, unbelievably athletic. I mean, we had some shots right at the rim. Kuba went up for a dunk one time, and the Williams guy just comes out of nowhere to block it. And that guy makes some plays that I haven't seen many guys make. So, but you got to give our guys a lot of credit. We got down. We weren't great. Thought we were tentative. The last four minutes of the, the first half, uh, last five minutes of the first half, we shot 11 in our last 14 shot attempts, 11 of them were threes. I thought we got off attack. I thought we just settled. Uh, Alfonso had a big offense rebound put back right at the buzzer. Um, that gave us like a little bit of mojo going into halftime. We were only down 14. I say only because, quite frankly, it felt like, we should have been down by a lot more than 14. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were fortunate to be only down. And then the start of the second half, uh, same thing. We were just kind of mindless. We got down 21. Uh, we called timeout, I think, down 19. And kind of lost my mind, quite frankly, um, on on the team. And specifically, a guy like Justin Bean, who was just playing tentative. Yeah. And that's not Bean. Like, he's not a tentative guy. And it wasn't. I'm not... I'm not just singling him out, but to his credit, he handled it in such a great way, as did the team, right? At that point, a lot of times teams will look and say, oh, you know what? We're down 19. I'm going to get mine. We're probably not going to win this game. And then certain players will start going on their own deal, and they just kind of, same with football. You get down three touchdowns, that's a hard thing to, you know, or any sport. Yeah. And to our guys' credit, they really stuck together. And that was the biggest thing with that game was we knew they were a team of runs. They can go on a 10-0 run on the snap of a finger. But you can go on a 10-0 run on them 
on the snap of a finger too. So you just got to hang together, stay together, stay the course. And it's easy to say that, but to our guys' credit, they stood the test of time. And we cut it all the way down to, um, I think it was seven or five. And then it went back up yeah, to 11 or 13 it again. Went, went from 5 to 12. And and, and I, I think maybe a lot of fans are like, oh, they just, you know, they, they blew their chance. Careful. And, yep, I know. I had to kind of rein it right back. And, um, and, um, and then to come back again, because I think that was around the eight-minute mark, and then we made play after play, yeah. made great finds, great reads, stayed under control, played together. Our press was very, very good for us. And um, even late, like we were up three and then we got down one, but we found a way, you know, to figure out, got two straight stops at the end to create two turnovers so they didn't even get shots. And of course, Abel made a great find to, um, to Sam and he sticks the three to go up by two. But uh, that's a hard thing to do in a tough environment. Um, it was a good atmosphere down there. And that was kind of our first re- in a lot of ways, true test with with some new guys. Fonz yeah. in there and Barristow and Kuba and some of those guys have been playing um, some minutes that way. But um, what an exciting game, and it was fun to see the fans that were there um, and some of the compliments that they gave our team after the game in the locker room. You know, the other thing, too, I wanted to talk about is, you know, winning kind of a tournament-style uh, feel there, even though it was kind of a round-robin kind of setup. It wasn't necessarily a bracket, but to, to come away with some hardware. That's got that's got to feel good for your team being able to raise a trophy early in the season and say this is what we accomplished because you can learn from that you can carry on uh, throughout the course of the season. Absolutely, we talked about that when we beat LSU. I knew when that when the when the schedule came out and we play and they decided to put us against LSU right away, which we wanted because we wanted to be guaranteed to play what could be a uh, a quad one game. Yeah. And so you get in those tournaments, what if they would have got upset and we would have won or vice versa? Then you don't get that quad one opportunity. So it was exciting to do. But win or lose that game naturally and the way we won it, there was a lot of emotion on display, uh, which some of the viewers saw. And I got a few emails about. And um, uh, there was a lot of emotion that went into that. And so basically we only played six guys that last 16 minutes of that game. So we had some guys with some really heavy legs on Sunday. Uh, but that's what it's like in March Madness when you play on a Thursday or a Saturday or a Friday and a Sunday. And that's what the conference tournament's like, where you're playing three games in three days. And so it was a great testament to our guys to be able to bounce back. We weren't as sharp as we maybe need, wanted to be against North Texas, but at the end of the day, in another tight game, we found a way to win. So um, it's exciting to play in that kind of tournament. You know, we thought we were going to be able to cut the nets down uh, by beating North yeah. Texas, but there was another game after us. Oh, yeah. So we didn't get to do But you, uh, when we put together schedules, we always want to play uh, a tournament type of setting, a tournament type field. Next year, we're playing in Myrtle Beach. Where we'll play three games in four days down there and in a tournament-type setting. Um, and so I think it's very important to get that kind of a mindset and that type of feel. And then to be able to go to Jamaica, um, to me, and I've said this before on, your, on this show, the college experience is about the relationships that you make and the experiences that you gain that last a lifetime. And we have a lot of guys that have never been out of the country before. And so to be able to go to Jamaica and 
Um, yeah, I think there's some bonding that goes on. You know, I think there's some things that go on there that they will truly cherish the rest of their lives. And that's a, a really cool experience to be able to uh, have your players, have your guys in your program go through. Now, they get to enjoy it a lot more than the coaches do. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just like the radio guys, right? Yeah. They just screw around all the time well, and then go play. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you got uh, two hours of work and uh, 22 hours of just having some fun. <laughs> all right, uh, coming up, we're going to talk more about the uh, St. Mary's game. We'll look ahead to a week of conference games, San Jose State and Fresno State, and we'll chat with our guest, Alfonso Anderson, joining the program. We're live here at Old Chicago. Come by and hang out with us. Brand new location, beautiful facility, just uh, right here by the campus on 1400 North. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago beautiful facility we're excited to be out here uh every monday throughout the course of the college basketball season all right joining us now alongside craig smith newest member of this utah state basketball team alfonso anderson and uh by the way welcome welcome to logan man how's it <laughs> yeah. been for you so far uh it's been awesome the atmosphere here is crazy um the fans the town is lo- is lovely i love it yeah you know and and I had a chance to chat with you a little bit during the uh, Aggie auction, um, and and you, you mentioned how excited you were to be here, but also how you felt like this was a really good fit. During the recruiting process, what was it about Utah State that really jumped out at you? Um, these guys came in the gym, and, like, their energy was just like, high level. It was uh, Coach Smith and Coach Rags, and um, they actually came in, um, and it was just – like, I was like, dang, these guys are cool. And then I kind of got to, got to know them a little bit, came on my visit, and I was like, this is where I want to be. Coach, what was that? Uh, what was that recruiting process like from your end? Well, likewise, like Fonz is uh, um, obviously his talent speaks for itself. We can talk about that, but he's just a really good person. He's got high energy, and he's not feeling great uh, the last few days. But um, he just has high energy. The way he carries himself, I can't tell you the number of uh, emails and just different conversations I've had with. Um, friends of the po- program, boosters of the program, they're like, oh, I just met Fonz. Well, <laughs> I just met one of your players. And I was like, oh, really? Who was it? And sometimes they know it was Fonz. Uh, other times, like, well, um, and I was like, what does he look like? You know what? Does he have big shoulders, big smile, you know, all that? Yeah, that's, it was like, oh, it's Fonz. <laughs> and, uh, and he's made such a great uh, impression um, around our community, in our basketball camps. Uh, that's a common theme with people that, are around Alfonso yeah. is just the the energy, the way he represents certainly himself and his family, but our basketball program. And that was easy to see in the recruiting process. He's a stand-up person, right? He's a, what you see is what you get. And what I've been really impressed with is obviously um, the way he's played on the floor, but Fonz has really improved um, since the start of this summer to now. Yeah. And he's just very inquisitical. He's always asking questions. Like, he's not afraid to ask those questions. You know, some guys just kind of take it in and, like, pretend they know, but they don't know. Yeah. And then they go screw it up anyway. <laughs> and so it's like, like, Fonz is mature enough to 
asks the question and he wants to learn. He spends a ton of time watching film with our staff, um, learning our terminology. We have a million sets. We have a ton of different terminology that doesn't always make sense. So you got to, we always say the best way to learn is to overlearn. And he's done a great job with that. And so what's exciting is he's, he's had a good season up to this point, but he's only scratching the surface of how good he can become the rest of this year and going into all of next year. For sure. You know, and the one thing that, uh, you know, obviously we've seen the talent on display, but uh, with Cuba out against St. Mary's and and, uh, and maybe for a bit going into the future, you, you have to play a bunch of different positions. Yeah. What's that been like for you? Um, it's actually been great. Like, uh, like I, I pride myself on being versatile, being able to guard multiple positions and make plays at all positions. So, Really, whatever num- whatever my whatever I'm called in there to do, I'm I'm gonna go do it. So, um, when you look at uh, that St. Mary's game, you're you're guarding a guy that's much bigger than you. <laughs> uh, you, you got thrown to the wolves a little bit. What yeah. was that experience like for you? Uh, I mean, they were a good team. Uh, they had some heavy bodies, but uh, I just tried to use my leverage a little bit, move them out the way. But I mean, it was they they were a talented team. Uh, had some good players. So, talk about growing up. What was it like in the uh, in, in your house growing up? And when did you feel like? You know, I'm pretty good at this. Um, so my mom was a was a big time basketball player. Uh, she had Division one offers. Um, I I think I started playing serious basketball uh, around like fifth grade, traveling and stuff, and yeah. just playing against all the top guys in the country or whatever. And just honestly, playing I feel in my opinion playing better than them. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is easy. So yeah. And th- at that point, you're like, okay, I, yeah. I could probably do this. Yeah, no and, doubt. And talk a little bit about your path. Uh, you started at Montana, correct? Yes. And then, uh, and then to North Idaho. Uh, yeah, I went to a junior college in Missouri for a semester. Okay. Um, had another injury, and then uh, moved on to North Idaho, and then had a great experience there, and then was able to come here. Coach, I know that um, you were so protective of that locker room from last year i mean you, you, it was such a great chemistry <laughs> great great camaraderie and so i know you wanted to be very very selective of who you brought in to that locker room and just anybody who meets alfonso knows he was a it was a good fit <laughs> well he's very talented he's a team guy and he's a uh, junkie like he loves being in the gym yeah and another thing is because obviously we didn't recruit Fonz to be like a five man <laughs> so but circumstances happen in, in in life and in basketball and that you don't always foresee but you know going through the summer I'd, I'd say and one day I was in there I don't remember if it was on the pad or something but Fonz was posted up and I'm like oh, this guy like you feel him and so I started I love asking guys different questions about different players and and all those guys are like Fonz is so strong, like he just you know you can't. It's hard to budge that guy. It's hard to move him. Yeah. And and obviously he's got great length. And so, you know, um, what I like some some basketball players get so oh I'm a point guard and I got they almost get like prima donnish like oh I'm a two guard oh I'm a in in my eyes Fonz is a throwback like he's just a basketball player. Yeah. Like you can throw him out there in a lot of spots and he's just gonna go hoop. Like he's just gonna go play. And I think that's a sign of, like, what great players do. No matter what the situation, they just figure it out. Yeah. And they learn to adapt and adjust. And so he's been able to do that. And really, when the first time I met him um, up in North Idaho, uh, the way he played, his exuberance, his enthusiasm, and, and then meeting with him faced, like, one-on-one, it was like, this is our kind of guy. And, and it's been a great fit. And obviously, you hit the ground running. You make your presence felt immediately. Uh, did you anticipate you'd be able to impact this team as quickly as you have? Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I think. I mean, coming in for the summer, it was it was a, it was a tough transition coming from coming from junior college. The speed is a little slower, and everything doesn't move as fast. And especially our team, we move the ball so well, it it almost speeds the game up double yeah. from what I was used to. So coming in, I was like, I was kind of struggling defensively, and even kind of finding my own offensive game in it. But, um, I mean, working with the coaches, getting in the gym extra, uh, I just started to get comfortable. And then, uh, I mean, I, I, I knew I could impact the team because yeah. th- there was a need for what I can do. And so um, I just was able to show that. How much fun is this style of basketball to play as a player? Oh, it's great. The, the team, like, there's not like – there's a lot of times where basketball sometimes is like, oh, we got practice. or Yeah. But I haven't felt that since I've been here. The team is great. The coaches are great. And going into the games is a great atmosphere, so it's just super fun. Well, Coach, I, I you'll like this. So, uh, I, first time I met Fonz, we were at that Aggie auction. Justin Bean was there, and uh, a couple of Diogo was there, and we were talking, and and they both, all three of them mentioned like today was rough. Like <laughs> I, I can't remember what you did to them that day, but it was conditioning <laughs> or something. But like they got after us, but. And, but they all were like, you know, but we wouldn't have any other way. You know, it was really cool to see, like, apparently you put them through the ringer, but they loved every second of it. And, and when you get guys to buy in like that, I got to imagine that's when you start building a winning culture. Well, it is when you embrace the, the, the attitude and effort it takes to work or to, to be successful. And we have a thing, we haven't shared it quite yet with our guys, but it says winning isn't normal. And that's the headline. And it just goes through all the, because it's not, yeah. like, it's, it's not the norm. And it's not easy to do. And there's so much that, and you got to, and I know it gets a little cliche-ish with coaches and, oh, you got to sacrifice and you got to, you got to work hard and you got to, and you got to do all that. And, and especially when you're good, because there's a lot of good players. So they're all sacrificing a little bit of, anybody can be the best player on a bad team. Yeah. Anybody can do that. But it's difficult to be to be selfless and put some of yourself aside to for the benefit of the program when you don't know what's going to be at the end of the tunnel. There's no guarantee you're going to make the NCAA tournament. But I'll tell you, if you give it all up and you get there, it's worth every, you know what I mean? And so, so it takes a special kind of person to do that. It's, there's by nature, people are selfish, right? And so as a whole, I'm not saying, no, but... No. So you got to give a lot up to get that kind of a thing. And so there's a lot that goes into it. And you get, you know, you you have sicknesses and you have injuries and you have the travel and you have um, about a six-month season. And there's just – and then you have all the other outside influences of this year, um, people telling you how good you are all the time. And you have to be able to – just ignore all that stuff and understand to get better every day with whatever that is. Your mindset, your your recovery, treating your body right, eating healthy, all the things that go into it to be your best, you know, in that two-hour practice or that hour film session or that two-hour game or be your best when you're 19 down to LSU or be your best when you're 20 up on somebody or be your best when you have bad officiating. You know what I mean? There's so many outside influences that come into play. And so Fonz has handled that stuff very, very well. And uh, he's definitely trending upward and has been a huge asset to our program. We're going to take a break. Come back. If you've got questions, we'll have the wireless mic. You can ask Coach a question. You can ask Alfonso a question as we look ahead to this week's games against San Jose State just 48 hours from now and then wrapping up the week against Fresno State. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College.
Old Chicago. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show. We are, again, live here at our brand-new location. Old Chicago will be here every Monday throughout the college basketball season. Alfonso Anderson's with us. Craig Smith, as always. And if you got a question, feel free to uh, raise your hand, and we'd love to hear from you. Ajay will get the mic out to you, and uh, you can let your voice be heard. It's still early in the season, so all the questions I'm sure will be pretty easy and uh, and uh, no big hard-pressing questions at this point. But whatever you got, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from you and, and see if you can get Coach to say no comment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about San Jose State, Coach. Uh, you're there coming up. And, and, you know, I think we can be pretty honest about this. Uh, I've been to that arena a couple times over the last couple of years. You don't get a lot of uh, juice from the uh, from the crowd, from the environment there. You have to you have to kind of create your own juice going into a game like that. Yeah, it's very unlike almost uh, basically every Mountain West Conference uh, environment we play in, whether it's at home or on the road. And it's a difficult to place. It's a difficult place to play in because of that. And um, it's a very um, what's the right word? It's a um, it's not a hockey arena, but it's just. The, the depth perception, yeah. it's very long on the edges. It's a little chilly in there. Um, and it's just a quiet atmosphere. So, uh, you know, um, we we haven't played great over there. Last year we got off to a really slow start. The one kid I think hit seven threes, who's Bauman, I think his last name was. He's not with them anymore. Yeah. Uh, but we got off to a very slow start. That was uh, game five for us in league play. And then I thought we brought, we started, you know, we did some things to get us some energy, and then we took care of business, obviously, winning by about 20. But, um, you know, they got a lot of new players. They have some, obviously, some returners, but they're just, they're very, very big. They're starting center 6'8 or 6'10, 280. Uh, I mean, he's a house. He's like an aircraft carrier out there. And when he gets his spot, he's hard to move. And so, you know, we're not the biggest team in the world, right? I mean, we have a large team overall, but right now in that position, we're not the biggest team in the world. So we're going to mind our P's and Q's. They're a very good offense rebounding team, getting about 34% of their of their missed shots. And then you can see a couple guard. They've, they haven't had a ton of game. Well, I guess they have had eight. But you can see some of the guys they were playing a lot early aren't playing so much anymore, and now they're playing a lot more other guys. So I think we have 11 guys on the scouting report, which puts a bigger onus on our players because we're big on – personnel and how we guard certain guys are they a shooter are they a driver um are they a hard right hand drive guy are they a hard left hand drive guy and we try to neutralize you know their strengths and make them beat us with their maybe things they aren't quite as adept to you know and you bring up a good point when you're fully healthy you're a very long team that might not be the case right now. Trevin Dorius, I know, uh, can give you minutes at the big, and he's a seven-footer, but you essentially have two seven-footers that probably won't be available for you, uh, and, and that, 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 that takes some adjustment there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. We have three seven-footers on our team, and what makes us big, though, too, is just our, like, yeah. Alfonso is a you know, six-seven strong right, athletic guy, and uh, I got, you know, Liam McChesney's redshirting, but he's 6'10 and is basically a guard. You know what I mean? Uh, Sean Barristow can play one, two, three, maybe a little four, but he's 6'7. So we do have big guards, you know, but certainly when you take two seven footers out of the lineup, yeah. um, it makes you a different team, right? And so, uh, like we told our guys, just because you're tall and you've been a center in your life doesn't mean you're our best center. And it's not, you know, I've said this probably before in this, but like football in some ways has these. Speaking of football, how about them Vikings? <laughs> what? 
Oh, I knew it was going to happen. It's not. But it's I not, know. Not, I know. It's not very often you don't get the applause. I know. <laughs> get I get it. I grew up in Minnesota. I'm a Viking fan my whole life. So I knew that would happen. But um, what were you saying? Oh, it's not like football. We're like, everybody knows the quarterback's job. Everybody knows what the running back does. Everybody knows what the offensive linemen do. Everybody knows what linebackers are supposed to do. Basketball, not everybody can be the quarterback. And so teamwork and chemistry and all that comes into play. And, um, and so anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where you, you throw the guys that are healthy out there and figure it out. Yeah. Alfonso, what do you see when you, when you look at that team on film? Um, they're, I mean, they're, it's a conference game, so just off of that, they're going to come in ready to play. Uh, we have a target on our back uh, being, ranked, being a ranked team as well. But um, they're a long team. They can get out in transition. Um, they, I mean, they, they're streaky shooters, but they can get hot, so you just got to bring it. Fonz brought up a good point there. They're listed as the ninth biggest, ninth tallest team in the country. Wow. Yeah, so they got uh, a good size as well. Yeah. Uh, I want to also talk a little bit about Fresno State and uh, what a what a fun three games you had against them last year. They got you in Logan. You went down to Fresno, got them there, and then uh, really took care of business in the Mountain West Conference uh, tournament. But uh, that was a uh, that was a fun back and forth you had with that team, and I anticipate we'll probably have some more drama coming up on Saturday too. Yeah, yeah we play them at home on Saturday. I think it's a four o'clock game. Yep. And so you know, uh, hopefully we can get that place uh, packed. We haven't had a home game we'll, at that point. It'll be about two and a half weeks, and and that's our last Division One home game of uh, two thousand. Is it 2019? Yeah. yeah. Of 2019. And so, uh, and obviously we had great games with them last year. And, you know, that was our one loss at home last year. Went 14-1. and one And and we're ahead most most of that game. And they made a, Braxton Huggins made about a 25, 24-25-footer eh, um, with five, sec- six or five or six seconds to go to take the lead. And, and then we basically, you know, Quinn Taylor made a monster three with 13 seconds to go at their place. Uh, when we were up by one, that put us up by four, and it still came down to a, a last-second shot. Uh, and then we really handled him in the conference tournament um, by a, by a wide, wide margin. But um, they are very athletic. They play a lot of guys. They have a freshman guard that can really, really play. Uh, Nate Grimes, I would expect to be an all-league player. Uh, he's He plays the four and the five for him. Uh, he's kind of a double-double machine. He's making threes this year, which he wasn't doing last year. And so, uh, you, you know, they press a lot. So you just kind of expect a lot of different things that way. But they have a lot of guys that can make a lot of different plays um, um, for them. So, um, like we told our guys, man, it's conference play. You have 18 games. And, you know, uh, every game is like a playoff game for us sure. when you're playing for an NCAA bid. And, you know, we're the defending champs. So, you, you, like we've said, and it's been said many times, you're going to get everybody's best shot coming yeah. into it. And, I mean, this team dealt with that probably the second half of last season. And uh, you know that's <laughs> going to be the case uh, going this year. Uh, the other thing, too, that I wanted to ask you about was, you know, let's take look, you, you bring up Grimes. He's shooting the three ball a little bit better. Do you look at a nine, you know, an eight-game or maybe nine-game sample size, and can you determine, okay, that's kind of who he is now, or do you are, are you still a little wary, still early in the season, uh, of what guys can do and maybe mislead you a little bit in a game? I, I guess the question is, is that sample size good enough to determine who? Yeah, the guy I think is? it is. At the end of the day, you know, like for our team, we're only we're guaranteed thirty-two games. Yeah, thirty-one regular season games. Everybody in the Mountain West makes the, the conference tournament. 
And it's easy for people to say, oh, but what we are guaranteed is 32 games. So 25% of our season potentially is already done. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I think for some guys that's a sample size. Maybe for a few others not quite as much. But I think for that they're, util- they're utilizing him in a different fashion. They're playing a little bit different style of play than last year. Last year they were just straight screen and roll, screen and roll, screen and roll, screen and roll, screen and roll. And, and now this year um, he's ball screening and popping more. Uh, they're playing him out on the perimeter a lot more. So he looks comfortable shooting it. Um, he didn't look bad shooting it last year either. He just didn't shoot it that much. Yeah. And I'm not sure that was his role where this year they need him to be a primary scorer, whereas last year they had uh, those two to three guards that could really, really score. So he was kind of like not as much of a primary scorer where now he is. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, I believe we have a question all the way there in the back. Okay, this question is going to be for Alfonso. Sounds good. Alfonso, how is the food in Jamaica? Oh, it was <laughs> it was really good. I um I ate a little bit too much, but um it was it was fun. I enjoyed it uh, getting to try everything, and everything was free, so was, that was the best part. <laughs> hey, I love that kid. <laughs> he, he won the tickets, he won the hat, and now he's giving Alfonso. I like it <laughs> a hard time. Hey, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Justin Bean, who's been off to a tremendous start of the season. And here's a kid who uh, a lot of people remember the uh, – and, again, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Coach, but everybody remembers Abel Porter's big shot against uh, New Mexico in the pit. And earlier in the week, he had been awarded a scholarship. I believe also at the same time you gave Justin Bean a scholarship at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah, it was the same day. It was yeah. the Thursday before the New Mexico game. It was our – we had just beaten Colorado State, and that was our bi- one of our bye weeks in league play. So it was a long week. I think we were 4-2 and two at the time. And Abel had just started his first game against Colorado State. Not that I'm like totally – but once we kind of made that change and just he started playing all those – but I think part of it too is just confidence, right? Yeah. And confidence is an amazing thing, <laughs> you know, sure. and uh, makes all the difference in the world in any walk of life. And so, um, you know, like he said, he got pretty emotional in that meeting and um, – and he just said, this is a dream come true for me, you know, and not that he didn't believe in himself and not that he, um, but to just, I think he just felt like he truly belonged once that happened. And, and then three days, you know, two days later, he makes that, that shot in the pit and he's never really looked back, you know, from that point on. And, and Bean was the exact same day. And, and Justin now the only guy in the Mountain West Conference averaging a double-double and uh, doing it right now comfortably with 14 and 11. I mean, this kid is playing just great basketball for you right now. Well, he's got a great nose for the ball, which is easy to see. Fonz found that, Fonz found that out <laughs> firsthand all summer. Were you the one that uh, broke the nose? No, no, no that okay. wasn't me. Right. <laughs> I thought when you said found the nose, I thought you meant literally. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fonz, so, you know, Fonz and Bean were always guarding each other oh, yeah. all summer, all preseason, because they were our our fours, right, yeah. so to speak. So they were and, – and Justin, the one thing that Justin's always had from the time we got here was a nose for the ball and being a rebounding fiend. Like, he's just a <laughs> yeah. rebounding machine, and he's – and obviously he's got two-foot pop. Like, he gets off the floor quick, but he just – he's so instinctive with that, you know, with his rebounding ability. And and Fonz, I, th- I think both of these guys have made each other better, you know, all summer, having to guard each other, having to do that. And I asked Quinn Taylor, you know, who was a senior last year, I said, Quinn, like, who's the hardest guy for, for you to guard? And he goes, oh, without a question, Bean. I'm like, why? Because I can never – 
make a clean hit on him <laughs> on the glass. He goes, I just can't explain it. Shot goes up. I go find him. I think I have him. And he just slides right off me. And Quinn said that all the time. So Fonz missed a few box outs this summer. <laughs> and we're like, Fonz, like, what is going on? Why can't you box that guy out? Of course, we knew, like, he's been doing this to everybody, you know, terrorizing whoever's guarding him. And Fonz just shaking his head like, <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm there. Like, I'm like, and he never made excuses, but like, he would, and, um, and he just has that ability to him. And so some guys just have a nose for the ball, and, yeah. and he truly has that. But so not only have those two guys, though, made each other better, but I think there's a synergy when those two play together. And so it's easy to see when Bean and, and Alfonso are on the floor together, there's like some yin and yang out there where they seem to find each other on some pocket passes, you know, when they look below them. Um what game? Oh, LSU game, yeah, I think. There was quite down. a few, three times, yep. where he found him on just kind of pocket pat, and Fonz goes up and finishes with a dunk. And so, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. I told you I'm from Minnesota, the movie Miracle. Who's seen the movie Miracle, right? The, the 1980 Olympic, yeah. So um, Herb Brooks says two things that he said. Um, First of all, they had the coneheads, and not because they were bald, but they had the coneheads, and they were out there playing. He's watching. It was like, it was like these three guys together became the coneheads because they just had this like synergy together that's hard to explain, but it's like a natural, you know, thing that they had. And I think Fonz and Bean um, really have that when they play together. Let's get to another question. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, first of all, Coach, you should be a Seahawks fan, not Vikings, but it's fine. Um, I guess my question to you is, can you talk a little bit about your obstacles, why, why you consider obstacles in the team, and how you're overcoming them? Well, first of all, Seattle, I really do like Russell Wilson. And uh, I've always liked the Seahawks, but I have a, I'm a history major, and I got a memory that's like... I can't get over things the sometimes. Field goal. And the missed field goal by the Vikings in the playoffs a few years ago. So I just, you know, and this year, I think they have the same record right now. So this is a big game. We got to stay up with the Packers. And you guys are trying to stay one game with the 49ers. Not that I, like, but I, I love the NFL. These guys get sick of me because I always use football analogies. And last year, Nimi's looking at me like, Coach, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand. And, and so, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. But are, you guys are leaving us already? Come on. I thought we were all in this together. Um, so obstacles. You know, there's always obstacles. And, and every year, like, um, you're always saying, you know, you got to stay healthy. I don't care what sport you're in. Health is a huge thing. And that's you can do everything you can to try to stay healthy. Uh, and that's nutrition, that's taking care of your body, that's trying to be as preventative as you can, stretching, mobility, recovering, um, um, your lifestyle. So it's all that. But still, you don't, you know, the other day, Sam rolls his ankle very badly against um, North Texas. Yeah. Well, you can't, I don't know how you prevent that. You know, he should have been wearing ankle braces earlier. <laughs> now you look at his ankles and it looks like he's got rocket socks on. Like, those <laughs> things are like jet boosters. Like, he can go up to the moon on those babies. But, but so you always have that piece of the puzzle. Then, I think the thing that a lot of people, uh, and I talked about it a lot, just, but they, but, People don't realize, yes, we return technically eight guys, but I don't count Roche and Clay Stahl because those guys didn't do one meaningful rep in practice last year because they both tore their ACL. 
So really, we only returned six guys. In it, but one of those six is Namiash. Well, Namiash hasn't done anything since July. I mean, for all intents and purposes, since late July. So now you have five returners, right, that have – now – that's a big part of our production, obviously, right? Brock Miller, Sam Merrill, Abel Porter, Justin Bean, Diogo. and Diogo Brito. So, right? But you know, you're adding a whole influx of essentially nine new players. And so you're trying, and Marco Anthony's new, but he knew he had a red shirt, Division One transfer. So eight new players. So we're trying to figure out. How does Fonz, how do we get the most out of Fonz to help him to be the best that he can be, which is going to help our team to be the best that he can be? What lineups and who does he play well with? What works well for Fonz? Where do we put him in a position to score? How can he be the best defender that he can be? And the same goes for Sean Bearstow. The same goes for Kuba. The same goes for Trevin. You just go right down the line. Who can play when it really matters? Like, it, you know, in practice, you got to see production in practice or they're not going to do it in the game for the most part. But there's also guys that can be practice All-Americans and they go in a game and just, there's nowhere to be found. Or you have some guys that are really, really good against the quote-unquote bad teams and then you play against the good teams and they're nowhere to be found. And so you have all these. And then, and then the other part of it is how do you handle expectations? Right, And so I think we have a mature group, but still, no matter where they go, they're being told how good they are. Social media, if you're believing all the hype or all the – one of our guys said to me, Coach, we dropped one spot in the ranking. And, he looked, and I just kind of gave him the look, and oh. he goes, oh, I know, Coach, you don't care about the rankings. <laughs> and you know what? I don't. Like, I'm proud of our guys that we've earned that, right? but it doesn't matter. Like, it literally doesn't. Now, I know the fans love it, and that's great. Fans should be excited about it. That's great. But I've never seen a rank. Look at the rank. Michigan wasn't even ranked last week, and now I haven't seen the poll this week, so I don't even know where they're ranked. I'm guessing they're ranked. Yeah, the top four. So they're number, number four. four. So they're number four. They weren't even ranked a week ago, and now they're ranked number four in the country. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. This is what I do know. When you look at the 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 the, the, the Teams in Division One basketball around the country, there's so much parity. And if you don't show up ready to play, like, like you're probably going to get beat. You better be ready to compete. You better be ready to play. You better have a, a, a hard-hat mentality that you're going to go prove yourself every night. Uh, because if you don't, you know what I mean, it can end really, really quickly. And, and you know, knock on wood, one thing we did last – and I don't like talking about last year – uh, let's do that in 20 years. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we can learn some things. But one of the things I was most proud of last year is we didn't lose back-to-back games one time. And that is very, very, very difficult to do. And, and we were able to do that. And uh, I'd like to do the same this year. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Starting Wednesday. Let's sneak in one more question. Go ahead, sir. Well, first of all, Coach, you just said you want to talk about the past in 20 years. I hope you hear 20 years, first of all, so that'd be great. Uh, second of all, well, well uh, with a lot of new faces this year, uh, have you found that your coach on the floor or your vocal leader on the floor has changed, or does it depend on your personnel groupings on the floor? I mean, I, I think Bean and Fawns are pretty vocal when they're on the floor together especially, but do you see that change, or is it pretty consistent for you uh, game to game? What's your name? Aaron. Aaron, that's a great question, and it's funny you say that. I actually talked to one of our players in a meeting today about that exact thing. And, uh, you know, Quint- I said last year on the radio show once or twice, Quinn Taylor was like our EF Hutton last year. Like, like Quinn didn't always say a lot, 
But Quinn was, uh, uh, when he did, people listen. And Quinn was a guy that he's actually helping our program out right now. But Quinn was a guy that could relate to anybody. He, like, I would ask Nimi, I've told this story too, but I asked Nimi uh, right after Christmas in our individual meeting, who do you like playing with the most? Coach, uh, meeting on the team, right? Coach, I love playing with everybody. I said, okay, Nimi, like, now tell me the truth. Like, who do you really love to play with? And it was, Coach, I love Quinn. I love Quinn. And Quinn just had that way about him. Quinn was very smart, but he's kind of like a man of, like, he could relate to anybody no matter who you were, where you were, where you came from, whatever walk of life, it didn't matter. He just was so relatable that way. And that was a, you know, that's a cog that I'm not saying we're missing, but certainly who, you know, who is that, you know, guy that way. It's harder for a new guy. And Fonz is a very vocal guy. But when you, everything's so new for Fonz, right? Or whoever the new guys are. Like, so it takes a little while to, to really figure out what we're, yeah. truly doing yeah. you know what I mean now he still has a great voice but um, so we're working through that a little bit right now because Quinn was like a coach on the floor and Sam, Sam's very good with that stuff I think Abel can be excellent with that Diogo's really intelligent so anyway we'll see who that sometimes that just kind of transitions through the course um, of a season it's a All great right. great question about ready to wrap up the show. Uh, I did want to ask you. Already? Yeah, I know. It goes by fast, does it not? Nobody asked how much weight Fonz put on. <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to ask you, though, is uh, you did make an announcement. Really? That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's what I call Tuesday. I saw uh, that bacon double cheeseburger come up. I'm like, oh, boy. You only ate one roll, though, so it was good. Uh, I'm just giving him a hard time. I, uh, I did want to uh, talk a little bit recruiting. Uh, you did announce uh, another signing to the class, Nigel John. Uh, what does he bring to the table, and what can Aggie fans expect from him? Yeah, pumped about him. Uh, both him and Raleigh, I think, are great um, additions to our program. Nigel is 6'10", and he has a motor that literally just doesn't end. Like, the, I don't know if the dude ever gets tired. Like, he is everywhere all the time. I saw him do a workout in the fall, and he's doing, like, the, the sled pushes. You know how you put the yeah. – and, and he's 6'10", probably, like, 230, senior in high school. Like, he's a big uh, – he's two-footed pop is off the charts. He's a great rebounder, excellent rim protector, dunks everything. Not quite as long as Nimi. Um, or Kuba or Trevin, but but just wait, just super quick off the floor. Um, he's a guy you can do a lot of different things defensively. And um, uh, did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what are they trying to say in the, in the headphones? <laughs> that was inside joke. But um, but tough, physical, rugged, can score around the basket, makes his free throws. Even I don't know if he can consistently do them, but I've seen him make some threes. So uh, super excited. He visited Cincinnati. Um, the week before he decided, so he had some heavy hitters in there, but we're sure excited to have him in our program. Gentlemen, look forward to catching up with you in uh, San Jose and, of course, Fresno coming up later in the week. And get those tickets. Go to utahstateaggies.com, and let's uh, pack the spectrum coming up on Saturday. No doubt. And let's have a, hey, 50th year of the spectrum. Let's, uh, let's uh, ring it up in style. Let's do it. That wraps it up for us. Big thanks for Alfonso Anderson and Craig Smith and for you for attending. And, of course, old Chicago, beautiful setup here. Uh, and we'll be here every Monday throughout the course of the season right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Thanks.